When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That key reveal for me was like, oh, that was the, that was almost like the biggest what the fuck moment because she literally switched. And also, because I wasn't that big of a fan of hers, I loved everyone else in Girls. I thought they were interesting and different characters to what you see normally on TV. Um, and she was playing kind of the same character here, but when she did that switch into, oh, but we're not, I'm not going to give you the keys, Chris, and her whole face just dropped. Yeah, and scary. Hi, I'm Dave, and this is my wife, Kathy. Hello. You're listening to Flix Watcher, and we are the hosts of Flix Watcher, as has always been the case. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, thank you so much. This is the podcast where we review the very best of movies on Netflix. Yes, well, not necessarily the best. Our, <laughs> normally, our guests come on and they choose a movie each, and then we uh, we all review that movie. Today, our guests are Kobe and Helen. Hello. From a uh, from another podcast. What are they from? <laughs> what are you guys from? We're from uh, Amazon Primecast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> and the reason that we're hosting today is that we're coming up and around to the 100th episode of Flix Watcher, which is quite an achievement. Yeah, well done, guys. Ooh. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. We've put well, a lot we of blood, there. sweat and tears. It wasn't easy. Um, and we're recording this in our living room. Kobe and Helen have come to visit, which is very exciting. And we've got a bottle of Prosecco here. Dave, will you do the honours? Oh, okay. Sorry, guys, we wouldn't stretch the champagne on this one. Should have been more prepared. Yeah, I prefer the taste been. of Prosecco anyway. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Great. Well, we'll get, we knew that. some great uh, Prosecco opening <laughs> sounds here. Right here, on I'll the take mic. Your mic. Um, Put it right up there. Yeah, and now there's a lot of recording equipment on the table, so be careful. Just talk amongst yourselves. I don't think this is very good radio. <laughs> I think it's brilliant radio. All right, ready? Yeah. Here we go. Don't wait the baby. <laughs> yeah, there's a baby asleep. There's so much pressure on Dave now with this bottle of Prosecco. You work, you work from wine company, don't you, Dave? What a great pop. Congratulations, <laughs> guys. Cheers, Congratulations. It's amazing. And tonight we're reviewing the Oscar winning Get Out. Hi, Helen. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Kobe. Hey. Yes. Thanks for having us. Thank you for You're coming welcome. all the way out to Darkest Surrey. Yeah. It's a lovely house, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Should we describe it for the viewers? No, we shouldn't. Well, There's because, marble pillars everywhere. Yeah. The floor is solid gold. Podcasting pays a lot. <laughs> everyone, everyone who podcasts knows how much money you get from it. Are you passing these Proseccos around, by the way? Oh, no, yeah, no. yeah. We're just drinking Just it. for show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were expecting real Prosecco. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Congratulations, it's just guys. water. Yeah. Um, so, very excited. Yeah. Get out. Good choice, Helen. Thank you. Why did you choose this? Um, so... I chose this because I have not seen it before. Have you written notes? I've oh, written wow. notes, yeah. Oh my God. Um, Impressive. I find it quite difficult actually to to pick a film as Kobe kind of probably got from when he said, you need to pick a film now. And, yeah, because you're um, normally the one that's hassling me to tell the guests <laughs> to pick films. I'm like, it's not often that easy. And yes. now the shoe's on the other foot. I mean, there's a lot of movies on Netflix yeah. to choose from. There feel? are. Um, do, do you have more empathy for people now in the future? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically <laughs> I chose it because I had not seen it and I wanted it to, I wanted to see it and heard it. It was good. Talk us through your process. Did you just go on Netflix and just like, 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 you know, that panic thing where you just keep scrolling and you're like, there's gotta be something. Well, <laughs> I saw that it had appeared on Netflix and I was so excited that I text Kobe and went, Get Out is on Netflix. Um, as I do sometimes when there's a film on and we hope that a guest will choose it. And Kobe hinted that, oh, you could choose it for your film. Did, and- I, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, it didn't even occur to you. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And then I had a look and I, I think I maybe was thinking, oh, if this is still on, then I, I might choose it. And I was looking through it and I was like, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. I was like, oh, I'll just go for it. Well, I was surprised that it's on Netflix. Um And I think that's what's so good about your show is that this is the kind of thing when you said to me, we're doing Get Out. I was like, oh my God, great. And then, but I had that moment of, I think Kathy had this as well. Where we were like, wait, where are we going to watch that? And then, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, and it's then on like, Netflix. oh yeah, it's the whole point of the show. But it's um, so accessible for people to watch Netflix because obviously going to the cinema is really expensive. Not everyone can afford Sky, but like pretty much 
you know, everyone has, everyone Netflix. has Netflix or everyone has a login of someone else's Netflix. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So and no, it's great because I honestly wouldn't have known this was on Netflix either other than you picking it and telling me because you know the way Netflix serves you movies and I don't go on it very often unless I'm specifically looking for something. I just wouldn't have known this was there to be honest. Okay, Helen, get out. <laughs> <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone, someone had to do it. <laughs> What's it about? What's it all about? So the, the two minute synopsis, which I'm probably going to find is quite difficult. So um, the synopsis is we have Chris, who is played by Daniel Kaluja. 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 You may have seen him in Skins. Sounds like a delicious beverage, doesn't it? <laughs> I was I'll have skins. a Daniel Kaluja. Was he in skins as well? Yeah, he was in Skins. Okay. Um, and Widows. And Black Mirror. Yeah. Yep. Lots of things, but I think Skins is where well. I yeah, saw, yeah. saw his face. Doing well, guys. We're just, this is, this podcast is just us listing synopsis. off his IMDb. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Chris is, um, from what we can tell, quite a successful photographer. He has a dog as well. And his girlfriend, Rose, is Alison Williams, who you may have seen in Girls. And they are preparing to go and meet Rose's parents for the first time in the suburbs. Um, We have Dad Dean, Mum Missy, which is the excellent Christine Keener, and uh, the slightly psychotic brother, Jeremy. And they set off. Things don't go too well. They hit a deer on the way, uh, which leads to an awkward incident uh, with the police officer. They arrive at the house and have a very sort of awkward, slightly awkward dinner. And then after that, things start to get a little bit more weird. That's a fair. That's a fair synopsis. Go into the weirdness. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we should point out that if you're not familiar with this. Um, Chris is black and he's going to meet his white girlfriend's parents for the first time. Yeah. And he, important yeah. detail. Yeah, very important detail. All right. It's great though, because we're so, it's so much easier for us than last time we were on because you guys had to do all the work this time. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's hard, right? To like do that kind of a summary of a movie. Did you find yeah. that hard? Um, well, I made notes. Yeah. yeah. So that helped. And and I'd recently seen it. So that also helped. <laughs> you nailed it, Helen. These things. Here, um, have some Prosecco. But yeah, also, um, I mean, obviously, we do say at the start of the show, there will be spoilers. And um, I would like to say at this point, if if like me, you have not seen this yet, then I would probably tune out now because we are going to be sort of picking on some of the, the, the key bits. Spoilers, and, yeah, we have to. I, know, I think yeah. also I knew I knew Get Out was meant to be good and there'd been lots of really good reviews, but I hadn't really read that much about what actually happens in it. So I think when I was watching it, it really did surprise me. And I'm quite a big horror fan anyway, but I don't really see this as being that much of a horror film. Oh, do you know? It's more kind of a kind of psychological thing thriller maybe with elements of horror rather than being what we traditionally sort of see as a horror movie so what would you class um silence of the lambs as a psychological thriller with elements of horror fair yeah Yeah, i'd agree with that i'm not a horror fan at all and i never watch horror but i loved get out (laughs) and i think partially because it, it wasn't full of all those gory scares it was very intellectual and very intelligent um, and terrifying, and terrifying as well. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's um, but there, I I kind of think I'm, I'm with you on Silence of the Lambs. I think, but I think Get Out leans into horror a little bit more. Just in, yeah. if anything, just the atmosphere. There's mm. just yeah. dread throughout this whole thing because you know something's not right and you don't know what, and this it's it. really really oppressive, yeah. and you kind of feel his his like increasing claustrophobia and, and fear. Um, but Helen, I, I guess let's start with you because this is your first time seeing it. It was. It's your choice. Were you satisfied with your choice? Yeah, it was. I, it's brilliant. It's as good as everyone says. And there's just so many layers to it. And all the, all, you know, all the actors in it are brilliant. Um, the sort of the, the first... Um, and he's hypnotized and he's sat in the chair and you've probably seen it on the posters and in the trailer you know acting with your eyes is the tear yeah he's brilliant in that scene it's so good that's so early on in the film as well I've forgotten how early it was I was like oh we're here already what happens I couldn't remember but carry on sorry Um, yeah so he's brilliant and really Alison Williams in it is great oh she's so good she's so Mm. awful how many of us watch girls 
Yeah, yes. that's oh, yeah. That's great. She's so the, she she was, was the best thing in Girls. Uh, really? I thought she was the least interesting thing in Girls. Really? Well, yeah. her character was kind of the least interesting yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah. But she was quite, she was mined for comic value. I thought she was the best character in Girls because I thought she just was so, like, totally off topic, but she was so vacuous and self-interested and, and at one point, like, tried to release songs on YouTube and just this actress, Alison Williams, is so good that she just did it so well. <laughs> she plays that really preppy uppity person like mm. fantastically and like she I thought she was so perfectly cast in this movie um, and I mean he's incredible so as the two I mean he's the lead and she's probably you know the secondary lead together yeah. they're just amazing well they're quite similar characters in a way because Marnie in Girls is kind of deceiving herself she's someone who ha, you know has oh, it's the same character concocted a sort of um, you know Instagram version of themselves for the world and and um What's her name in this? Uh, in Get Out, Rose. Rose. Rose is is has is it, it's it's all an act. Literally, her whole thing for Chris's is for Chris's benefit. She's not that person. And mm. as soon as you get that that reveal with her in the bedroom, um, and you realize just how deep how, and how much she's enjoying it. You know, just eating the cereal and it's like because I thought she so didn't know wholesome and the you know the yeah, milk. This is I mean, how oh. convincing she is. That I mean, I don't know if, about you, but I was. You were with her. Convinced, yeah, that Same. she so was that, a bit like... So were you. I thought right. she loved him. Yeah. 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 I, so so that, key, that key reveal, what was that like for you? I was like, well, you kind of got... When, when you'd obviously seen the pictures yeah. and you're like, uh-oh, this is... There's something not good about that. And then you're like, yeah, he's not... They're not, they're not in this together. She's not actually going to try and help him and... This is yeah. This is this looks bad for him. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, this is not that, good. that key reveal for me was like, oh, that was the, that was almost like the biggest what the fuck moment because because she literally switched. And also because I wasn't that big of a fan of hers, I loved everyone else in Girls. I thought they were interesting and different characters to what you see normally on TV. Um, and she was playing kind of the same character here, but when she did that switch into, oh, but we're not, I'm not going to give you the keys, Chris, and her whole face just drops. Yeah, scary. Fuck. Yeah. She nails it. Yeah. And um, just before that, Chris had, had a massive go at her as well. And it, that whole scene is perhaps one of the most terrifying. I, so I definitely say this is a horror because then it does go into gory stuff later on. And yeah, I mean, it, it is a horror. But then also, I think knowing kind of general horror films that nothing particularly sort of jumpy or particularly gory happens for like what the first 40 minutes maybe yeah, that's so it doesn't really it's not a traditional horror and it's not what maybe conventional horror fans would expect so it's, it's not it's, out and out scary as yeah. such it's it's just creepy and sort of dread oppressive oppressive yeah because yeah. you're trying to work out just what's yeah what's going but that, on that's it are you you still you're just like what what's weird going like the the theory that so there's another character called Rod who is friends with Chris who is kind of the comic relief also but he's also kind of the guy who saves the day um and he goes to the police with his weird black sex slave conspiracy (laughs) that he's like basically there's white dudes in the suburbs and they're turning black people into sex slaves and the Police officers don't believe him. They think it's 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 ridiculous and it's crazy, but it's kind of true in some way. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you know, and it's very deliberate that the police don't, a don't listen to him, yeah, and that several um, black people have are actively gone missing mm. and they're not doing anything about yeah. it. Like it's it's quite the, damning. The, the commentary is is part of the thing that when black people go missing, no one's really particularly bothered compared to. A, you know, a white female, especially, yeah, is kind of causes more news. So there's there's so much going on that you can unpick. But and actually, you mentioned TJ. Is it TJ um, or RJ? What's his name? I, don't, I can't remember any of the characters' names. Are terrible. Is it Rod? His, Rod. Sorry. Rod, yeah, yeah. yeah. His, He's um, an airport security guy. TSA. Yeah, yeah. TSA. When he shows up at the end, just before, you know, he does save the day. But just before that, mm. um, all all we see is sirens coming up and Chris is standing over Rose uh, he's standing over her she's on the ground he's got uh, a gun he's got a gun like and we as the audience know exactly how that situation looks yeah. and the modern state of the police force and per, per, and perception so we're like you know as an audience suddenly you're in his shoes and you realise 
Oh no, this does <laughs> it's not like, look good. This does not look good. And you can see how these things can go south so fast. So it's interesting that sort of Jordan Peele puts, puts you there in that experience of, of, a, of a black man who's in a situation where he's instantly going to be on the wrong side of the law. And they a, sh- a complete misunderstanding. They reshot the ending because originally it was, a, I don't know if he died in it or if he got caught, cast away by the real police. But the in the test screenings, it was oh, like... really? Too dark. Yeah, that's yeah. too dark an ending. I mean, that would be awful. Like. Yeah. yeah. And what but, about you, Kobe? Had you, how many times had you seen this movie? Yeah, so I saw it in the cinema and... Um, I didn't know anything about it apart from the fact that it was Jordan Peele uh, directing. And this is the same kind of thing as with like Joe Cornish because they come from such a comedy background. Um, when Joe Cornish did the Tap the Block and I was expecting an out-and-out like comedy romp almost, uh, even though people said it's a bit like intense, but this was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, and from, from get-go, this time around I was watching it, I was, I was cooking because we have an open-plan kitchen and the, ki- and the TV's there so we can cook and watch at the same time. And I just had to like turn off the hob and like sit down and watch it. I couldn't do the same things because yeah. it's like so so engrossing a film. Yeah, and um, it, this is his debut as well. Yeah. yeah a few what big, a talent. Yeah. yeah. There's a few big direct debuts. I mean, a, song, a Star is Born, there's a fantastic debut from Bradley Cooper and you got um, A Quiet Place. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been some great ones lately. You would not expect this to be someone's first all, movie. No. All actors as well. Though. Yeah. yeah. But it's such an intelligent movie and it's, it's so of its time and like was released like exactly when it should have been and it's such an accomplishment like when I was watching this because we missed it in the cinema and watched it um, so on our podcast The Cinema where we walk home from the movies Hold on, you don't host we Flix never, Watch podcast And Flix Watch, obviously <laughs> But we never saw this in the cinema because we missed it and we ended up just watching it like at home um, so albeit we didn't do a review on our podcast I think it ended it was in my Best of 2017 movies top five it might have been in Dave's I can't remember it was just like, you so rarely find a movie. First of all, that's a lovely length like this. Like, it's not even two hours long. It's funny. It's dark. It's really socially relevant. It's got amazing casting. And it's got, like, really, like, quite scary moments. Like, I found the maid in particular quite scary in The mm. Groundskeeper. Like, all the stuff going on around them. Like, just, like, every part of it was just incredible. And it's one that, honestly, I would say, like, of its type, probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. And, like, you can't even really typecast it, but, like, to be, like, a low-budget movie like this, to make so much money, as you say, to be someone's directorial debut, to be, like, Oscar-winning, yeah. it's, um, like, so good. But also, it, it's, it's um, the, the plot itself works on many levels, as as you've said, but it, it's it was fresh to me. And I, I, I'm with you, Helen, I've watched a lot of horror over the years. And, you know, often things you just like, oh yeah, it's this or it's that. And you spend, and this this movie does keep you kind of guessing, like what is going on? And then, you know, you cycle through all the usual tropes and they kind of lead you down the path of hypnotism quite readily. So you feel like the maid and the, the groundskeeper have been hypnotized or they're hypnotizing black people as slaves. Mm. Or that's kind of what I assumed for a long time. But, I think where it got to, I certainly just was totally blindsided by the whole thing. I thought it was so wildly original. And just that, and again, that twist of like white people literally putting their brains into young, healthy black people. I mean, it's like, if you start unpicking that yeah. and what that means, like cultural appropriation and all these kind of... So how did it get to this? How did yeah. it get to this core of, a, of yeah. an idea that, and then play, and play out? Yeah. Um but I mean, I love this. I'm like, like perhaps on your side of the table, not a horror person. Uh, but this is produced by Blumhouse, who've done like The Purge and did they do Get Out, um, A Quiet Place as well? Yeah. But the, but I think Blum, so. the Blumhouse production people are like they're amazing. smart. Yeah. They're the new kings of horror, then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like happy to spend. I think they did um, Paranormal Activity and stuff like that. That's probably one of the big first big. Um, Breakouts, or the Jason Blumhouse was part of Paranormal Activity, yeah. and then he got his money, and then was like, "I'm going to figure out films. how to do profit a big profit." They're very strategic movies. with yeah. how they spend their money, uh, and it's, I think it's just absolutely amazing what they're doing. But this is the layers in this because this is the second time watching it. I can't remember where the story is going, but then I couldn't remember like you, you you turn the page and there's like, "Oh shit, this is happening next." And I wonder this this is happening next, and I couldn't remember again how he escaped from the. That was a great way how he escaped from the from being so hypnotized and being tied to the chair. It's like. This is brilliant, absolutely brilliant how they've done this. I read uh, I read somebody's analysis of, of that scene mm. and I, I don't know if I agree with this, but they, they were trying to say that, you know, he pulled out the stuffing from the, from the armchair and then put it in his ears and he was trying to say that the stuffing is cotton 
which was uh, typically yep. associated with as a stereotype of black African nice. American, yeah. Afri- American Africans, um, and that he was using the uh, what was a, an, an oppressive stereotype to liberate himself. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure. And then it's like one of those things. Yeah, I kind of want Jordan Peele to just come out and say, "Well, that's great," but no, that wasn't <laughs> the intention. Because I think I think that often often happens with things like this. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it is taught. Um, I, did, I was reading another article that it's part of a a, a film course now it's you know the, it? yeah it's part right. of the, the film horror theory and theory in a place in in america i assume quite a lot now probably teach it but to be successful satire and genuinely shocking and insightful stuff around racism in america and a really good horror film and just really entertaining mm. and just to have such kind of really weird and interesting character like all the characters in, in themselves are really interesting like to pull all that together in a movie like this is something like it's no it was in such anything. a worldwide phenomenon yeah it's just like that's what I yeah like it's completely came out of nowhere and just blew everyone away and it just deserved every accolade it got and the way he balanced the comedy and the horror like so perfectly yeah. and yeah, it's you like you probably would guess he's got a comedy background because it takes a very skilled comedian to do that you need you needed someone like Rod in there to make it like because even from the start it's like sex slave and you're like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Rod you guy he's almost <laughs> the one it almost it actually the movie works better because he's really not a part of it yeah you know because I mean if he was kind of I think he would undercut the horror a bit if he'd yeah, gone to the there, house in well, the spare room going I yeah, told you guys exactly <laughs> but it's also really interesting from the very off because there is a thing in America where like there really there's a really weird cultural thing about black men dating white women which there isn't the same as black women dating white men and it's really interesting because a show I'm a massive fan of embarrassingly and it's embarrassing but it's The Bachelor and they've had a black bachelorette, but they've never had a black bachelor and it's essentially from the analysis I've read on it is like down to that because they feel like the country could accept white men dating a black bachelorette, but they wouldn't accept a black man dating white women. And it's like this, he really taps into that when he's like, have you told your parents I'm black? Mm. Like, like, and the parents are like overly compensating about the whole thing. And it's like, I just think it's, it's such a, it's so of America. Like, like those kind of conversations must happen all the time around dinner tables. And like, it's such an interesting insight into it. That's what you can feel like Jordan Peele's, heard a lot of the, he's he's been in these kind of situations yeah. or and they're like oh we voted Obama you know exactly. all this like that's, they're tapping into well, the liberal like the Democrats or whatever and that's one of the layers of sinisterism in the first place because you're thinking oh yeah like say he's they're overcompensating for for the relationship and yeah. you can tell I don't even think they have necessarily anything um, against black people necessarily but it's just kind of like we need to address this but I'm going to address this in a cool dad way yeah, yeah. Obama, Obama he's my guy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I love Bradley, Bradley Whitford, by the way. Oh, he's excellent in yeah. this. Well, who's Bradley Whitford? Uh, from the West Wing. The oh, the dad! Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. he's amazing. He, in fact, side note again, but we just watched this TV show called Flack and he did a guest star in, in, in an episode and he was like oh, he's incredible. Very good he's incredible in this movie. Like, And Catherine Keener. Who's she's yeah. so she's, good. She's always good amazing. Yeah. This. I mean, the cast is just like... She's so great because Catherine Keener is such a, a warm... I always find her such a warm actress and yeah. like like instantly likable and smiley. So when you actually put her in this role, all of those attributes kind of just made it even creepier because she's so friendly and accommodating. I think apart from the brother, Caleb Lonnie Jones, everyone... He's everyone, kind of like the stereotype redneck, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the actors, the character they played beforehand, I think everyone has warm feelings for them. Like Bradley Whitford and West Wing. Yeah. Um, Lakeith, uh, I think everyone's the guy Milton from the office space. Oh who, yes, yeah, who another comic character. Yeah, the blind guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone has like good associations with them, and so it makes it even more um, like enclosed and dark and more mysterious. The fact that these are the people he's he's auctioning to buy Chris to then have his brain transplant. It's a great point. Oh, it's so very good. smart casting. I yeah. hadn't actually thought of that. Yeah. And uh, how about when he kind of? I just love when he suddenly realizes that like they basically have all these black servants, and he's just like, oh my god, and like they're so rich, and like all that stuff in itself is just fascinating. Anyway, the kind of rich poor thing. You mm. know, if you go to someone's house, if like it's happened to us, you know people that you don't know that well and you go to their house, obviously this hasn't happened tonight when you've come to our house and you're like, oh, 
they're really rich and I never knew that because I've never been in their house before. What do you mean? This is um, a palace. <laughs> I know, it's a palace. We've got a fountain in our foyer. This is 10 million pound hand. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's even that level of like the wealth stuff as well that yeah, he's yeah. realising about her. Like he's realising a lot about his girlfriend that he never knew. It's like, you're well, not as extreme as crazy rich agents and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not quite that. Oh, like you're ultra rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lakeith Stanfield, is this, is this the first film you've seen with him? Yes. <laughs> we were talking about Lakeith Stanfield, who uh, plays the first guy who's abducted. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. brilliant. And watch out for him and other stuff. Okay. Short Turn 12. Definitely. Okay. I looked, that's not on Netflix, so yeah. I need to find another way of seeing that's that. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Everyone's um, been saying. But can we talk about The Sunken Place? Yes. So, um, The Sunken Place is where, where you go once you've had your brain removed but also where um chris goes when he's hypnotized and just that where he, when he sort of arrives so they they use that technique when they're filming underwater scenes so that's what they the kind oh, of the right. filming technique they use but it's so terrifying because it's almost like if you kind of have those dreams where you're sort of falling and out of control it kind of feels a little bit like that how did they film it then because you said it's just with like the the like the camera rates and the how they do it. Okay, yeah, because I was I was trying I was trying to work it out because it is genuinely like it is a terrifying way to do it. Both the fact you're falling, but also the positions and it's everything in slow motion. It's perfectly, <laughs> <laughs> perfectly just well well done. I yeah, think. it's such a horrifying. Well, it's it's a horrifying concept. Yeah, isn't it? Like just being you're locked a inside back the body. seat. It's very Black Mirror, I yeah. thought. Like, uh, yeah, locked inside your own body and you're a backseat passenger to somebody else and you've got to watch the whole thing on a screen. I mean, that's horrifying. So that's that's probably what... That's the most horrifying concept in the whole thing for me. And I thought the way he visualized it, like you were describing, is so unique. There's, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, and I read he said, Jordan Peele, that he um, he meant it... Well, partly as a sort of um, a commentary on subjugation, um, but also literally he was, he it's like a, a meta commentary on the horror genre because he said that black audiences are, uh, aren't treated, aren't, are used to watching horror movies and they're the first people killed. Yeah. Or so it's like, the, so that he felt like it's like the, like a similar experience of being in the audience and watching it and you're screaming at the thing, but your voice isn't being heard, <laughs> you know? Oh, nice. And it is literally a screen he's yeah. watching, you know? It's, it's so, but yeah, I mean, Kathy, what did, you're being very quiet over there. You've gone into your own sunken place. <laughs> I'm in my own sunken place. <laughs> no, I just don't know that much to add because I thought the sunken place stuff was so stylish and I think, that's like amazing that he's making a commentary on the horror, you know, on top of everything else. He's now making commentary on this genre and how racist this genre is as well. I mean, he's just like, honestly, mind blowing to me. Like he's an incredible... Jordan Peele. Yeah, like it's incredible what he's put together. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Black Mirror because what I knew the lead actor from was from Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's he's what I knew him from that. initially. So that was the only thing I'd ever knowingly seen him in. So I had that kind of association with him anyway. And then I watched this and then... We watched Widows last year, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. And he is like, he's, he's, he's even better in Widows than yeah. he is in this. Like, he's just one of those actors that's just going to get better and better. And he's truly terrifying in Widows. Yeah. Whereas in this, he's truly, like, he I empathize with yeah. him. And while I was rooting for him, I thought he was, you know, I, I was completely behind him. And in Widows, you're completely terrified of him. And it's quite cool for an actor to get you to do both of those things. But it's a really subtle performance, I think, that he does. Well, here. Yeah, here. Well, he keeps his cards like, close to his chest. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's, we're not, not hearing a, big, a lot from him. Not a big performance at all. Like, well, until he starts shouting Rose. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, that's true. Rose really frightened me, I have to say. Mm. I think she was probably the scariest thing in it. She's the maid, right? No, no, Rose is the... Oh, sorry, Rose is the girlfriend. Yeah. Sorry. The maid Georgina truly frightened Walter. me. Yeah, she was just like, so like, at one point I thought, was she an android? Like, I didn't quite know what was going on with her at all. But yeah, when he's shouting at the girlfriend, that is just like, um, and I just, it's so interesting because the first scene we see them in, we think like, oh, they're such a lovely couple. <laughs> They'll overcome all the odds. It's I, such a good twist that like she was in on the whole thing. I also, after watching this time around, I was kind of thinking this is whole kind of weird thing of like, Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener saying to your kids, okay, you go out and get some people. Yeah, lure them in. Yeah, yeah lure them in. And, um, we'll have a bingo. Mil Milford we'll called it. We'll have a auction, a bet auction yeah. Because he called it um, harvesting. Uh, Brad yeah. um, Milton's character, the guy, the blind guy. 
And he's saying about it, it doesn't like how her brother harvests because he goes out and just knocks him on the head pretty much and drags him into the car. But Rose and so is, he's the one at the start. Yeah. Oh, I got you now. So Rose's technique is to sex them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're not coming in injured for the procedure. Yeah. Very considerate. All right, let's get to the, to the scores. Dave and I put a lot of effort into coming up with these scores over the years. Yes, we've really refined them, <laughs> we, We've I got think. an amazing rating system here on FlixWatcher, <laughs> which we'll talk you through. So there are multiple elements. We have recommendability, repeat viewing, small screen store, which is really important on Netflix, the small screen store, because it can really skew a movie. Engagement, and then we add them up to get an overall score. Nailed it. And recent example for me, small screen score, Roma, failed <laughs> so it's interesting because it's like a, it's a thing you guys apply that mostly doesn't go on in, in any other sort of movie review so no. it's pretty metric yeah oh, it can ruin a brilliant film but, yeah. um, <laughs> like know. Roma yeah Roma might be our top rated film if it wasn't for the small screen score yeah. quite possibly very important for Netflix though so yeah it, it comes right, comes comes to me first yeah because yeah. I picked it yeah Um. so I mean I mean it goes to say if if you don't like horror films I would still think you should might try this because it's kind of not typical your horror film I mean there are I mean I really 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 enjoyed the um kind of the, the last 20 minutes of of brain bashing they're going to call it so I just really enjoyed that Did that was that more traditional horror as you yeah, yeah. You're but, a big fan of brain bashing in particular. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just because they are all so deserving. And of a good I old think, brain bashing. Yeah. And also, at that point, I still wasn't completely sure if he was going to make it. Because you're never that sure if he if he is. I was certain he was not going yeah, to make it. I was so quite surprised. Each well, as we say, person he's defeated. The film wasn't sure until yeah, the yeah, so they decided not yeah. to uh, do it. Um, so I, I'm going to give this a five. So recommendability is a five from Helen. Our assistant Kobe yeah. is writing in the scores here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for a four and a half. Um, <gasps> I think it's great. It's just that there's a few people who say, not for you, mate. And that's uh, I, I'm an empathic recommender. So okay. I, I, I who think, are those people? Do you want to call them out on this podcast so they can know uh, Jeffrey, never to watch this? Jeffrey always. Like, oh, Jeffrey. He just wants to watch Transformers time and time again. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey, come on. <laughs> I don't know anyone. What'd uh, you get out Jasper, of Jasper, Jasper, Jasper sometimes. You always say Jasper. <laughs> Jasper's our one, Jasper's our one listener. Jasper's <laughs> been mentioned on the wire strip before as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have 4.5. I just think... Again, I always use the metric of one to the future. Not 4.7? 4.5. I think still, it's there's, nice gore, there's gore in there. There's um, people... I, I, don't, I'm, I don't like horror, but I'd still say if, if it's a horror thing, people just go, no, not for me. So I, four point, it's probably the highest I'd rate for any kind of horror elements of the film, I think so. Yeah. Very considerate. Right, Cathy? I'd go five. Would you like to elaborate <laughs> on that or just like... I mean, like... I just think there's so much to get out of this movie. Yeah, um, I did that. You know, I'd even recommend it. Oh, hey! I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, I would recommend this to anyone. And like, I, I would say, well, like, okay, fine. I wouldn't recommend it to my grandmother. Children. Maybe or to, not. yeah, my son. <laughs> but, Wait, are we supposed to factor that in? I think, no. I think within the legal rounds of yeah. Yeah. Uh, According no. to the BBFC. Absolutely five out of five for me. I mean, I did recommend it on our podcast. It was yeah. one of my best movies of the year. So I'll stick to my previous recommendation. Well, what about what about parents, though? Do you have to factor that in? Like, would I recommend this to my mother? I, I do sometimes. I yeah. do think... I'd Mom. recommend this to my dad. Yeah, I'd recommend yeah. it to anyone. I think it's actually, as I well as being entertaining... Your, your, your parents, my parents might have different views on I'm actually I'm leaning towards Kobe's kind of thinking. I'm like, there's there's a few people. I think largely this is no very film you'd accessible. recommend to everyone in the world. Though. Back to the Future. Yeah, that's true. Really? Yeah. Who would not recommend? Kobe's Back looking to the at me with horror. Who's it? Name a person who wouldn't enjoy Back to the Future. My dad. Right, we gotta get Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy to watch Back to the Future. <laughs> see this for sure. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four point five as well. Copycat. Um, <laughs> Hey, it's my show. I can copy who I like. (laughs) This is very intense, by the way. People can't see what we're doing here, but it's actually in an Excel document, which I'm going to take a live photo of, guys, for your Instagram. This is intense Excel work here. All right, well, Cathy does that. We'll talk about repeat viewing. Helen, 
Give us a repeat viewing score. So I have uh, only seen this once. And um, yeah, I mean, I would like to watch it again. There were a few bits um, where I think I was just trying to work out what was going on and just, I just really don't know what's going on. And think watching it the second time round, having an idea that like, oh yeah, so you kind of know what's going on there. There'd be a lot more to to pick up on it. So um, I'm going to give it a four. And also I'm really excited now for... Us, which is out. Oh yeah, soon, soon. Yeah, end of March, I think. Colby, I'm gonna four point one. I think um, I've only this is the second time watching. It. I'm super glad it's on Netflix again. But I think it's one of those ones this time round. Um, I won't watch it all the time, but when you watch it again, I think there'll be more things to unpick from it. And but is time, there any movie you'd watch all the time? Um, First Bueller's Day Off. Back, back to the future. <laughs> yeah, <back to> the <laughs> future. <laughs> that's the answer to all of your questions. Yeah, um, but this when like when he's going when, before the auction is meeting all the people who come to the parents' quote unquote party and they're having the discussion is like oh I like you're really strong so that's I don't you don't realize Tiger that, Woods. Yeah, like Tiger, yeah, you don't realize <laughs> yeah. that that's me- that's them measuring up your their potential yeah. purchase and it's like it's such a dark thing when you re- when you watch it the second time and see that's that's what they're doing so there's so many more things I would like to see again and pick up like again you see all the slate all the slaves all the um servants they always have hats on because once they hiding their scars yeah or wigs yeah hiding the scars um which there's is so many great details yeah exactly so i think it bears watching again but maybe not often but i think 4.1 because it's definitely something what's the point one about how did you land on that because i don't think it's four <laughs> but it's more than four but it's not but it's not nowhere near 4.5 no. um so i think i take umbrage with this principle in general because I don't think there's any movie you'd watch Maybe you shouldn't have come up with this for your own show. Unless you're a kid, right? Where you watch the same movie every day. Well, this is is part of the thing because when we were kids we had A, VHS, not many of them, and limited, yeah, yeah, limited options to yeah. what you could watch. So, and it was just whatever was on VHS, really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, but Kathy, you're not a rewatcher either. In general, you don't tend to rewatch the same things. I don't tend to rewatch, but I would give this a four point nine for rewatchability. Whoa! Because there's so many layers. There's not that many movies that have this many layers. Like you could look at this it's like movie. Like an onion. It is. You could look at this movie from probably eight different perspectives. And, you know, if you're looking at it from a racial perspective or a horror perspective or like as a family drama or as like a relationship story. Um, It bloody works on all of the levels. That's what I'm saying. So So you could watch it and constantly learn new stuff. Who, um, what's your most viewed film? I'd like to know what would the five be? My most viewed film... I see. I haven't a really rewatched it. It would be stuff. Yeah, League Ooh, of Their Own. That was on there. the other day. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, it was um, on film four. I was on so, film four because Karina um, Antrobus did uh, Bechdel film test at Prince Charles Cinema with A League of Their Own. Oh, really? I did yeah, see that. Right, yeah, yeah, I wanted to go, but I couldn't make it. But yeah, it really only movie I've watched that yeah, much is just movies I saw as a kid. I don't do it yeah. as an adult because I, I think, don't have the time. Well, I think that's the main thing, and that's it's really cool to have people. Uh, when I've listened to your show, guys, when they've picked a film that they've watched as a kid and uh, and they want to revisit. re-watch it. Um, because yeah, when you're a kid, you just had watched twins all the time. <laughs> <For example. Yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere down the middle and I'm going to say 4.3. Uh, because <laughs> I think I kind of agree with what everybody said. I think there's a lot... There's a lot to unpick here. It definitely warrants at least a second viewing, if not more. Um, but it's not the kind of movie I would just throw on. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's so. That's to me. That's the perfect five. Like Sunday I afternoon. I think demands quite a bit of your attention exactly. to get the most out of it. And it's quite. Oh, it's quite like we've said it before. It's, it's impressive and tense. So it's not like it's not a relaxing movie. So for me, it's just like I'd throw on Ghostbusters two or something. If I was. <laughs> Specifically, that's my fault. Rewatchability doesn't mean you're going to watch it all the time or at any time in the day. I think you can Kathy, inter- name interpret a, it. Name a day I haven't said to you, let's watch Ghostbusters. Too. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have my favorite small screen score, which is a tongue twister. <laughs> Helen, what's and your small yeah, screen so score? This is, score. Quite, this is quite tricky because. Um, quite often we'll have films on that I have seen in the cinema and then watched on Netflix or watched on DVD um, so I can kind of give the balance of which is the better Um, as with quite a lot of horror films I think even though I don't think it's strictly a horror film I think watching this in the cinema 
with the kind of collective feeling rather than the size of the screen would have been amazing. Yeah. I think, like, watching it maybe at the Peckham Plex when it came out would have been like an absolute riot and just kind of like a, a, this crazy event in itself. Um, but that said, I still enjoyed it watching it at home and it was almost kind of, you felt like this weird voyeur kind of watching it all from like your safe comfort of your sofa in your nice safe house and then you're kind of in his situation where he's in this situation that he can't get out of even though it's very kind of safe for the people who live in it. So it kind of had that weird feeling as well. Um, but also I would have liked to have had that kind of strange experience so I don't really know how to score it. Um, it doesn't help for a, a podcast which has a scoring system. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're wrecking your system. Does this, it accept well, question this, marks? <laughs> this is the one that I was thinking I don't really know how to score it because um, obviously I want it to do well because like you do when you picked it when yeah and you you want you want it and to it's do a great well movie. and you you feel like you're offering to people but it wasn't made for netflix so it has to be it wasn't no but um yeah just be true. so just be true. Um, give us a number helen and put you on the spot 3.5 3. 3. 3. 3.5 yeah 3.5 stick it in the I system i love all these yeah. decimal points we're really like playing fast and loose with the numbers here right kobe we've, we've had you, people put pie in there Two people. <laughs> Three point one four. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, what? How many decimal points did they go? Um, ten. I think Adam Brooks knew it's ten <laughs> decimal points for pie. Something insane. Um, I'm going to go for four. Um, saw it in cinema. Saw it at home. There's not much in the way of special effects, and it both times had me completely enveloped. So I think four. Um, yeah, I liked it. You've I think you're the unique, only one who's seen yeah. it in the cinema. Yeah, so you've table. got the Kobe's got the real perspective here. For me, albeit I agree with you, Helen, on the point around seeing it with an audience, because I watched it with Dave, I felt like I had that um, communal experience anyway. Because um, I was screaming throughout the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god! No, but we were literally like, oh my god. Um, and then I again, I feel like to your point around special effects, and you know, to me, it's a character drama. And I don't, I think honestly, I think you could watch this on your phone as much as you could watch Ooh. it on a big screen, and it would be just as good. Um, so I'm going to go for a five. Well, if, it was, if, it, if it was on your phone in the dark and you had your headphones on and you had it right up close to your face, maybe. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm just, I think it's... But not like on the it's toilet. It's a character drama. So I don't think it actually matters what screen you see it on. I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm going to give it a four as well. I don't think it's... I think it's a be- it's a It's a really well, good-looking movie. Mm. Um, but it's not like inherently cinematic so to speak it's not like I don't th- I don't think so and I think if anything I kind of agree with what Helen said that I think it's like it works in a small screen in, the, in that it helps that sort of uh, tight claustrophobic um, dread and it, yeah in, in your own home is kind of quite a interesting way to consume all, all horror yeah. I think I think horror translates really well to like watching it late by yourself yeah um, in your own house and then you and then you go into the bathroom and get freaked out by the mirror <laughs> Um, right, which leads us on to the engagement score. Five. five. There's no way that if you're watching it for the first time, or even if I think if you're watching it the second time, that you're you're not. You have to know what is going on. Yeah. There's but, no way that you can be like, yeah, I'm not really bothered about you know what's going on. I'll just kind of you know. Yeah, like Kobe, you couldn't out. cook your dinner and watch this movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you'd end up like burning yourself or yeah. like burning food or chopping a finger or and something. And if you could watch this without being fully engaged, then what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So five. Maybe you were in the sunken place. Maybe, yeah. You're watching it on a... <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the screen in the sunken place? You need a separate score for that. Kobe? I'm going for five um, as well because it you know, stopped me cooking and... <laughs> That's your benchmark. Yeah, it stopped me cooking. I start every film with with the chopping board. <laughs> if you've ever been to the cinema with Kobe as well, he brings in chopping yeah. board with him. It's just quite irritating. Uh, he's, got, it's he's got a little, little camper stove. It really smells when some of the chopping onions in the cinema. <laughs> Everyone's crying. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a six. Can you do that? No. Well, man. it's your show. Yeah. It's my show, I'll give it a six. Kobe's oh, like doesn't really he's putting no. in a fight Kobe's not <laughs> he's not having it well, sorry Kobe I thought I was the host tonight his give finger it, was hovering over the six button but just <laughs> wavering uh, fine I'll give it a five then 
Five plus. Yeah, five as well. I don't think I can add anything else. I mean, <laughs> we're all in agreement. This is an amazing movie and uh, everyone should watch it. And it's truly times. unique, which is part of the reason it's so engaging. Um, so for your guys, benefit, the overall score, because I'm over here in typing scores, is 4.55. <laughs> Ooh! That's good. Wait, what's the current top... Uh... The current top um, from when I listened to your episode was um, when Harry Met Sally, I think, which is four point seven. So it, I should have given it a higher small screen score. No, you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> you have regret. Harry Met Sally want, deserves did you, it. Did you want yeah. Get Out to be top? No, but I, I just, I think I'm just more annoyed with myself that I didn't make make it to the cinema to see it. Well, we're annoyed. Well, yeah, but that would have hampered your. This is about Netflix, Helen, not about the cinema. But I, I, I just think having seen it in an audience would have been. Did you watch this on your own or were you with your fiance? Uh, I was with the fiance. And did he react? Um, he, he he was like, "This is actually pretty good." <laughs> because we we have varying quality films to watch um, sometimes on uh, for this. Yeah, um, like the one we made you watch, which I can't even remember now. What was that Netflix one we watched? Arc. 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 Yeah, yeah, I God. mean that was bad. Um, Forgettable movie. But yeah, so you guys have been on Twitter and asking your listeners what they thought of this movie, right? Yeah. So we've got some um, reviews from listeners here. Dave, will you do the honours? Yeah, so top film tip uh, wrote, Black photographer's trip to white GF's family descends into quiddity of horripilating hypnotic horror and incisive allegory. Now that is, I'm, I'm so glad I managed to get through that after two glasses of Prosecco. Uh, refreshingly original, steeped in subtext and thoroughly entertaining to five existential screams out of five. That's a good review. Yeah. Uh, our friend Joe Kiley at Shite Guy says genre savvy, biting satire from a confident visionary writer director. Peel puts the audience in the sunken place and enslaves us with our own expectations and preconceptions. Ooh. And he's given it five uh, cake emojis. No, they're teacups, I think. Oh, they're teacups. Oh, yeah, oh, that makes more sense. Like what you did there. <laughs> yeah. That's some very too. nice writing from Joe. Yeah, these these guys are. They've really brought the uh, reviews to town on they this have, one. They? But actually, look at this. Look at this. this is the kind of like uh, intelligent audience that we have on Flixwatcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, five stars from What Were They Thinking? Amazing, unique, original film with great acting and one of the best writer-director debuts ever. True. Uh, the Death by Film podcast uh, gave it also five stars. We haven't had a single not five star yet. Um, imaginative, fresh, and a well-balanced movie of thriller and horror. Also a movie that's even better in theatres. <gasps> Helen, you were right. Uh-oh, oh, such regrets. You got, you got real uh, small screen score FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> um, the IMDb Journey podcast. Uh-oh, not five stars. Looks like what? four and a tiny star. Wait, is that five stars? It's a shooting star at the end of the time. So <laughs> is that know. even more? Is that better or less? Does, I don't it's a know. Six. I can't tell. We'll have to read. Uh, positively off-putting and creepy. The overall vibe of the movie gives you a certain degree of uncomfortable while also maintaining some genuine laughs to lighten the mood, which shouldn't work, but Get Out makes it work. Four normal stars, one shooting star. Kathy. Okay, now I'll read some to break up Jay's voice. Movie reviews. Well, let's have a vote. Who wants to hear more, more of my voice? <laughs> Movie reviews in 20 cues. That's an awesome name for a podcast. I've never heard of that one. Um, four stars, controversial. Horror has had a career resurgence. Stop it. No, don't read it. <laughs> Horror has had a career resurgence. And this is either the... Right, I'm too far away from the screen and I've had too much Prosecco. Horror has had a career resurgence and this is either the leader of the pack or thereabouts. Yeah. So that must be why they lost the star. Because it could be one or the other. Um, Colby Mac, easily five plus years of horror excellence. Five stars, I presume Colby Mac means. Well, so, well, he's he's talking about plus years. years. Five plus, oh. Interesting. And Timothy Jimothy said, wait, so the review needs to be five stars? <laughs> what was the question? I on think Twitter? he's referencing give us your five star review. Ah, yeah. Right, so I mean, we just say that you don't have to give a film five stars. That's not. Well, clearly, movie reviews in twenty cues didn't get the message. And uh, well, Four that's stars. awesome. So many people wrote in. Yeah, with with high ratings as yeah. well. Yeah. So that's so. I think you know this went, but this is one of those movies that went down really well with critics and audiences, yeah. which often isn't the the case. The way. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on our show. <laughs> Helen, excellent choice. Thank yeah, you for not picking that. shit like Ark like we did when we were on your podcast. <laughs> uh, we definitely will have you back on at some stage. Thank you. Uh, so where can everyone find you? 
Uh, we can find you can find us at Amazon Primecast. <laughs> um, but seriously, thanks guys for hosting uh, this so special much. episode um, with Helen choosing. Our pleasure. I mean, when you come to our living room, we're, we'll do anything you ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you made it super convenient. <laughs> we'll just barge in. Yeah. Um, please follow us uh, on social medias. We are at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can email us FlixWatcherPod <laughs> at just gmail.com. Come, come to find us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. And seriously, where can we find you guys? You can find us at FlixWatcherPod at Twitter. <laughs> oh, uh, you can also find us at The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk to and from the movies, which is much more work than this, where we just get to sit in our living room and drink Prosecco. So we're way happier to do this tonight. Um, yeah, we're at The Cinemile. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And, and I have another podcast called At The Wire Stripped with another guy called Kobe. Totally different guy. <laughs> totally different, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of Kobe's voice. in the podcast world. <laughs> Coincident. It's a really common name in podcasting. <laughs> Unlike Dave or Kathy. <laughs> you're literally unique. <laughs> podcasting. Yeah, so Dave and Kobe do this amazing podcast called The Wire Stripped and uh, where they not only review The Wire, but they get incredible interviews with cast members and people... Uh, behind the scenes in production which Dave does alongside our podcast and you know our lives of having a baby um, <laughs> and when Dave initially said to me oh I'm going to do a podcast with Kobe I was like you're absolutely not because <laughs> um, I think I was quite heavily pregnant at the time um, but you've made it's it all work coming out now no no you made <laughs> it work is, this, this isn't your autobiography this is I'm, no, I'm just saying like I'm really proud we're of trying you to guys. wrap the show up you not only made it work but you made an amazing podcast and like the interview you guys have had on the show have been like pretty phenomenal you know for two guys making it yourselves at home three, three with Tom the yeah. producer you know doing these interviews on Skype you know no money behind it and you've had like the biggest actors from the show on your on it. You know, you've had the casting agent. Like, it's pretty cool. I often listen to Dave doing the interviews as I'm like pottering around doing the dishes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Dave's just inside talking to Rawls from The Wire um, <laughs> while I'm listening in the kitchen. Like, it's it's incredible. So everyone should check out The Wire Strip if they haven't already done it. Um, but naturally, the true talent of the Flix Watcher podcast is Helen. Yep. Um, she's the driving force. So and we got to say, well done. <laughs> well done on getting so many episodes and so many amazing guests. I think if you scroll back over the, you know, the last hundred plus episodes of, of, of Flix Watcher, you just have an amazing roster of, of people on. Um, and so many good movies. And I think it's, what I love about this show as well is the... Um, you get that sort of personal connection with somebody's choice. And I think you've kind of alluded to it earlier with like, it's might be from someone's childhood or something they haven't seen, like Get Out. Um, but there's always people arrive with their own sort of attachment to a movie. And I find that really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so well done, guys, on on getting this far. And here's to uh, another hundred. Yay! Cheers! cheers. 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 We finished the Prosecco, cheers. but we can cheers anyway. Cheers. Um, we did a clinking. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks as always, guys, for listening to this episode of Flitswatch Podcast. Take a moment to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app uh, and also leave us a little a little cheeky review because that really helps us. It really does. Um, also, do find us on social media. We are on Twitter, at FlitzWatcherPod, and also Instagram, just at FlitzWatcher. Special thanks to our awesome editor, Brendan Russell, for making this episode sound so sweet. And thanks to the mighty people for the tunes you can hear.